Hello, you are listening to the Treadweary Podcast, the audio arm of Treadweary.com, where we gather around the Word of God to hear what it is that God has done for us, so that we might receive from Him the gifts of His grace and mercy. Join Pastor Smee as we take a look at the text coming up for us with this following Sunday to hear what it is that God has to tell us and to open our hearts and our minds as we prepare to worship together. Greetings to you, church, on this Wednesday. Pastor Smee coming to you here as we take a look at our text for the upcoming Sunday. We took a look at the prayer of the day on Monday and the Old Testament lesson from Deuteronomy 18 yesterday. And now we're taking a look at Psalm 111. That's our psalm that's appointed for this coming Sunday. And so, as has also been our custom, as, as we head into this, uh, this Wednesday, on Wednesdays, we replace our reading of the appointed psalm in the daily lectionary for the one that's actually appointed for Sunday, uh, so that we have it and are able to look at it a little bit more clearly uh, for on this day. So let us calm our hearts and our minds before we begin. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Psalm 111. Praise the Lord. I will give thanks to the Lord with my whole heart, in the company of the upright in the congregation. Great are the works of the Lord, studied by all who delight in them. Full of honor and majesty is his work, and his righteousness endures forever. He has gained renown by his wonderful deeds. The Lord is gracious and merciful. He provides food for those who fear him. He is ever mindful of his covenant. He has shown his people the power of his works in giving them the heritage of the nations. The works of his hands are faithful and just. All his precepts are trustworthy. They are established forever and ever to be performed with faithfulness and uprightness. He sent redemption to his people. He has commanded his covenant forever. Holy and awesome is his name. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. All those who practice it have a good understanding. His praise endures forever. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Love how it begins with praise the Lord, or Alleluia. I will give thanks to the Lord with my whole heart in the company of the upright in the congregation. This, this declaration of what it is that we actually do when we gather for church, right? It's, it's part of the reason why we do gather together, that we might gather together to, to praise God together for things that have been done in your life, the things that have been done in my life, for the things that God has done throughout history. Because the second verse, great are the works of the Lord, studied by all who delight in them. This, this calling for us as we gather, uh, whether it be remotely like this, or, or together in the congregation, the, the hope and the goal is to be studying what it is that God has done and is continuing to do, that we might delight in Him. To delight in Him for those things, to delight in Him for who He is. And then verse 4, He has gained renown by His wonderful deeds. The Lord is gracious and merciful. Giving a definition to what those deeds are. Those deeds being defined by grace and mercy. The, the two words that we are very bad at using in our culture, are we not? We'll talk about justice. We love that word justice. I hear it all the time. It's attached to so many different things. 
food justice, social justice, racial justice, uh, economic justice, um, all, the, all these things. Retributive justice, restorative justice. And justice is a wonderful word. Don't get me wrong, it's a wonderful word. It's also the, the, the same word can also mean righteousness in the scriptures. But grace and mercy are these two godly words, these two holy words, these words that are attributed to God himself for what it is that God does. Grace being gift, being favor, giving to us what we don't deserve, which is basically every day God does that. For I believe that God has created me in all that exists and he daily and abundantly provides for me food and clothing, house and home. It's the first article of the Creed from the small catechism. God's daily giving to us. His grace to us. That's, that's what grace is. We, we tend to think of grace as some sort of magical force, but no, it's gift. It's God giving to us. And then mercy, not receiving that which we do deserve, interplays it. It holds hands with grace in the sense that grace is this positive attribute of God giving to us things that we don't deserve. Giving, giving, where, where Jesus says that, that we're supposed to pray for our enemies in part because God gives them rain too, right? Like the rain falls on the ground for both the enemy and, and the non-enemy, for both the good and the evil. Um, but then mercy becomes this place of if, if someone is to receive punishment for something is to receive justice. Mercy is actually injustice. Mercy, so, so mercy, we tend to don't like that one because we want our pound of flesh. We do in society. We want our pound of flesh. And yet here, God's deeds of what he has done is defined by those two words, grace and mercy, being gracious and merciful, defining him by those words. He provides food for those who fear him. He is ever mindful of his covenant or his promise giving to us that which we don't deserve, but he is also mindful of the fact that he has promised to be our God, to care for us, to provide for us. He has shown his people the power of his works in giving them the heritage of the nations. The works of his hands are faithful and just. All his precepts are trustworthy. All his words, all his laws, all his commandments. They're established forever to be performed with faithfulness and uprightness. To, to see in the word of God, to see in the commands, to see in the law, the law as being a good thing, uh, a desiring to fulfill whatever it is that, that the law says for us to do. That's this working of the Spirit in us to cause us to want to do that. This, this psalm being an, an outcry of one who has, who has seen the works of God, who's received grace and mercy from God and been transformed by that to the point that now he's saying, I, I desire to fulfill whatever it is that God has, has said of me and told me to do. And verse 9, he sent redemption to his people or, 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 or have bought them back. He's commanded his covenant or his promise forever. Holy and awesome is his name. The, the whole story of Israel is a story of God forgiving them and freeing them, only for them to turn their backs on him again, and then he does it again anyways. It's the whole book of Judges, that, that the people do what's evil, they do what's right in their own eyes, they turn their backs on God, they cry out to God after they get you know, 
hammered by some local tribe who's taken them over, and God sends them a redeemer. He sends them a savior. He sends them one to free them from those who have, have put them in bondage. And the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. All, things who pra- all those who practice it have a good understanding. Oh, I wonder how much it would be for us to actually read that verse over and over again. The fear of the Lord is beginning of wisdom. That we might be wise in the things of God. To fear God rather than fear other things. Because it's our fear, it's our anxiety. It causes us to tend to not to trust God. I know that's the way it is for me. And my anxieties catch me. That's what happens. Well, let us pray. Compassionate God, you gather the whole universe into your radiant presence and continually reveal your Son as our Savior. Bring wholeness to all that is broken and speak truth to us in our confusion that all creation will see and know your Son, Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord. Amen. Go in peace. Serve the Lord. See you next time.